Today's episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast is brought to you by Douglas Plant Health. To unharness your soil's fertility and maximize yield, consider Douglas Plant Health. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now, here's your host, Jason Meadows. For many years, U.S. farmers in select markets have trusted SP1 as an integral part of their crop's fertility program. Today, as fertilizer prices soar and supply chain challenges loom, DPH Biologicals is expanding access to this trusted biofertilizer, helping growers circumvent supply challenges while improving crop yield and profitability. With TerraTrove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, you can replace up to 50% of your starter fertilizer. Visit dphbio.com. All right, everybody, welcome to this month's edition of the Ranching Side Hustle podcast, a series of the Ag State of Mind podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Meadows, and with me once a month, like he has been, is my buddy Tyler Keckley. Tyler, welcome back tonight. Yeah, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And joining us this month is Bobby Lee Hanks from the great state of Tennessee. Bobby Lee, how are you doing, brother? Doing well, guys. I appreciate you inviting me on. So what we kind of do here is kind of what Tyler was talking about is, you know, we want you to introduce yourself, introduce you what you do, and... Then we'll just kind of take it from there, wherever it goes. So uh, tell us about Hurricane Creek Farms and where where that started and where it's been and where it's going. Okay. So, yeah, Hurricane Creek Farms are right here in West Tennessee. The, the farm that my wife and I had the opportunity to buy, I guess, oh, gosh, about 12, a little over 12 years ago now, was actually belonged to my great uncle. Hurricane Creek splits right through the middle of it. So that was the, the natural name that we came up with. But we've been fortunate enough to purchase the second property that we now graze as well. But we kind of dabble in a little bit of everything on the, on the beef cattle side of things, from cow calf to stocker steers to feeding a few out to finish every year. And I guess as, as the name of the podcast implies, it is my side hustle. The, uh, my, my primary job is, of course, off the farm, just like you guys. I'm a veterinarian, but I primarily work on dogs and cats. Or I'm, I shouldn't even say primarily. I pretty much exclusively work on dogs and cats by day and play with cows on nights and weekends. So, wow. I guess, so I knew you were a vet, but I didn't know that you were primarily small animal. That's, yep. inter- that's interesting because I guess I would never think of a only small animal vet also having a farm with cows. Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe that's part of a, uh, a generalization, but uh, I find it interesting. 
and, and to go back even a little further, so I'm a second generation vet. Um, I practice uh, with my dad and my brother. And when my dad my dad opened up our practice where we currently all are in uh, 82, so that's our 40th anniversary. But he did everything. Um, I remember growing up, we did farm calls. We did everything. We still had a few dairies in the area until uh, oh. the last one probably went out about 20 years ago. The beef cattle numbers have gotten fewer and fewer. You know, still some horses around, of course. He, he did some small ruminant as well. But about around the year 2000, he had to make the decision to go one direction or the other. And just with uh, – we're, we're not too far north of Memphis. We're, we're kind of a bedroom community to, to Memphis. And so extreme population growth in our county over the last 30 years. Everybody has a dog or cat and right. a lot of cattle pasture. All, all the cow pastures have either been plowed up and they're, they're growing cotton and corn and soybeans or they're subdivided now. So it was from a business standpoint, it was an easy decision to, to work on dogs and cats. And I don't know, I, I, I said, I would love to have put a vet box on a truck and ride around and work on cows all day. We just, even when it comes to beef cattle, we don't have that many around here anymore. It's crazy. Now, how far north of Memphis are you? We're about 45 minutes. Urban wow. sprawl is eating up all the pasture land, I'd say. And, I mean, if it is if it is vacant, you're in a place where they're growing crops on it. You know, exactly. that's... I think that really affects us more than the urban yeah. sprawl. It's Well, even yeah. my uncle have always had beef cattle. And in the last 20 years, they've plowed up a bunch of pasture. <laughs> Everybody is, you know... It's easier, you know. You're not messing with bad fences. Getting a call in the middle of the night, somebody ran through your fence, you know, whatever. And so that—that's our big thing. We, that's a challenge I complain about all the time. Where, like, even our retailers around here, like nobody cares about cattle. Like, I have to special order so much stuff just because really? of yeah. the situation we're in. Yeah, we're not. You get into Middle Tennessee. Yeah, or has some experience there. Yeah, it's totally. My wife's from Middle Tennessee. And I mean, that's cattle country. Middle Tennessee is is similar to where I'm at in South Central Missouri. It's hilly. You know, you couldn't grow corn here if I mean for anything. I mean, it, it's very hard to grow corn here because our soil is so rocky. And you know, and just if I had to compare it to somewhere, it's very similar to Kentucky and Middle Tennessee. Right. But I don't know. We I guess I'm I'm just the crazy guy that likes cows, which it, it's kind of worked to our advantage. The, the properties that we own that, that we graze aren't suitable and they're, they're rough. They're up and down. And I, I joked with my wife when I, I made an offer on the last place we bought because she wasn't totally all in on it. looks just like middle Tennessee. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I think you got a good step into that, right? I mean, she's from it. So I'm going to step back for one second. So, Bobby Lee and I somehow got connected on Instagram, which this is Jason. I mean, like Jason and I, like social media is how we got connected. But as Bobby and I started talking, your wife is from the same town that I lived in when I lived down there. And her family, her like her side of the family are good friends of my best friends down there. It, well, actually, that's my brother's. All oh, your brother's wife. It don't even matter. Yeah. You see how small yeah. this world yes. gets really it fast. It's a small world. It, yeah. yeah, a very small world. Yes, my brother uh, married one of the Reese. Yeah. yeah, and the Reese's were literally ten minutes from my house, and 
one of the Reese boys and my best friend down there were, were good buds at the time. And it was, it was like, we, somehow we got connected and like, Oh, I lived in Gallatin. Wait a minute. You lived in Gallatin? Yeah. I lived in Gallatin. And it's like, wait a minute. That's, it's a little too weird, but it's pretty normal. So it's just a small world. Uh, definitely within the ag community. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I totally get, I, I mean, like even up here, we don't get catered to on the beef front at all. Like our extension agent, it, nothing against him. Um, he cares more about the manure that beef cattle produce in feedlots or in bank barns here than he does actual like ruminant nutrition or trying to drive like pasture rotations or anything like that. So it's, it is frustrating. You can't just go to tractor supply and get the best deal on anything for us, at least on the beef front. Right. You got to do a lot of, like you said, special ordering and you got to, you got to seek out those vendors, unfortunately. Yeah. That's really interesting because that has never been an issue for me. Never been an issue. I mean, as you talk about large animal vets, there are, I can think of three all within a 20 mile, like two of them are in my town of Cuba. And then I know at least one that it practices a lot within that same area and then there's others, you know, throughout, uh, you know, there's two or three in Rolla, which is, you know, our kind of, it's not a big city, but it's like 20,000, you know, it's a college town bigger. And there's some, there's some large animal vets there. I mean, we literally have no problem getting anything anytime, you know? And so, I mean, that's a challenge that I'd never even thought of as far as, you know, what you guys are doing, which was what I'm doing, but you guys have a completely different set of challenges than I do, because even though I don't do it full time, there's a lot of people around her who, who, or who do it like me, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, that's, that's an interesting challenge that I have never, never really came up across. Well, I think the big difference is I pay for my vet to leave his office, which is an hour and 20 minutes away from my ranch. Oh God. <laughs> so when I meet with him, I, I have already pre-planned the meeting. I have sent him my plan saying, these are the topics we're talking about. Have your stuff together because when you fix and to get here, we're not just dilly dallying and sipping tea. We're going to get after some business. And unfortunately, you know, for us, we're still meeting them with them once a year, at least, Luckily, I've got a good relationship with him from college, which is how him and I got connected. But I'll send him emails and be like, hey, man, this is what's going on. Or I send him a text picture like, or a video like, hey, this is the issue. What do, you, what, what do you think I should do? But yeah, we might have one closer than that. But they're not taking new patients because they're too busy already. I mean, Bobby Lee, you've got a little advantage well, being a veterinarian and having maybe a little more education, a little more experience on that front, not necessarily needing to call a vet to come to your place, but still like it just compounds the fact that you don't have all of the resources right there. I mean, I think Jason, you and I talked about it last month on our mineral. Like you have somebody custom come out and blend you mineral. That's, I don't have that. Like we just don't have enough beef cattle for anybody to want to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I have been trying for a month to just order a mineral. <laughs> you guys are making me feel bad. Like, I mean, I think, I think what the heck? I think some of it's incompetent of the people that work. I mean, it's just, and sure. it's, 
we don't yeah. have, we don't have the old co-op and that's a whole different oh, discussion yeah. like that i grown up and uh i finally we got another farm store it's probably 45 minutes away but it's a locally owned you know just independent store and i pretty much decided i'm just going to drive the 45 minutes because the guy you call and talk to is the guy that owns the place he knows what he's talking about but even there i've we ordered, I ordered, went ahead and ordered a ton of mineral and they, they've had to call me two weeks in a row and say it wasn't on the truck. It's back ordered. And so, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And it's not like you're, I mean, you guys are probably, cause I, I watched your last video when you got your stalkers in, which we'll get into, you've got, you are, I'm not sure how you keep up with time and we'll probably talk about that, but you have a YouTube channel as well. And I was watching the last video of when you got stalkers in and I'm, slightly jealous of you and Jason having so much green grass and you might say, well, Tyler, it's not that much. Well, it's more than this much, which is what I've got. And so I'm just sitting there. I'm like, you don't have mineral or you're waiting on mineral or you've got some, and now you're trying to ration it out right ahead of probably one of the biggest points of season to get mineral out. Right. Calves are hitting the ground or just hit the ground. So cows need it. You got fresh stalker calves, which my experience tells me you need mineral to them because they're kind of like goats trying to find a way to die. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, from a, a, just a management standpoint for you, Bobby Lee, do you normally order a ton at a time just so you always have stock or is this like I'm shifting vendors, so I'm just buying it. So I've got it on farm. I, I just, I like to handle it in that quantity. Usually get a little bit of a price break. Yeah, it's just, I can put it back the truck. I can unload it with the tractor when I get home and I don't have to worry about, because even our local store is like 20, 25 minutes away, which is not terrible. I'm usually there in town once a week or so anyway, but if I've got it, it's right there. I'd rather go ahead and spend the money and have it yeah. <laughs> on hand. And like you said, I don't have, just with the being the side hustle and, full-time job and family and everything else i don't always have time to to run you know and just grab a few yeah. bags at a time now do you do you live at the farm i do you i do, do. We, okay we, we have two properties we graze one's about four miles from the house and the other is right here where we live okay nice okay. do you find a difference in management style from one place to the other or are you pretty consistent with each place so it's different, but it's because we have, we run all our cow, basically our cow calf herd is here at home. Got yep. the, the other properties where we run our stockers. I got you. Okay. That's, that's the way I am. That's very similar to how I am. My, mine, I mean, I guess you would call mine stockers. Mine are yearling heifers from my own herd that I turn out to, I, I turn out and I try give everything a chance to breed. So but I mean, essentially it's a stalker operation and right. I actually find that that place is actually a little bit more of a joy than my place here at home for some reason. Maybe it's because like, it's, I can get away from everything. You know, there's no cell service over there. Right. Can totally get back. Hey, Tyler, you've I've been, been there. there so you know oh, it's, it's beautiful, like. yeah, it's, but you do not it's have tucked cell in a holler. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just awesome. And I think it's, I, I really enjoy that place away from home because it's a, it's a change of scenery. I don't see so much that like has been staring me in the face of what I need to do. I can just go over there and enjoy myself. You know, that's, that's my, that's how I feel about it anyway. I know mine is the opposite. 
Cause my cows, oh, really? my cows, I keep at our ranch, which is nine miles away. And generally we don't run at least the last two and a half years. We haven't ran anything here at our house in the winter. Why would I want a tractor to go to feed at two different spots? And we're so muddy that a bale bed doesn't work for us. I've really wanted to try and I just can't get over this mud. So in the summertime, we run stockers here, which I like a lot because I'm moving them two to four times a day. So like for me, like I can get on a call like this for work. I can go out, move my temporary wire, come back in in 10 minutes and I'm done for them for the next like five, six hours. And I can do it all right here because that's at least for me, it's worked really nice. And I actually like it for the same reason. When I got to go do something with cows, which we still rotate, I'm 10 minutes away from the house. It gives me a little getaway to get stuff done. And then I can, I can come back, but it's not so far away. At least I have cell service up there. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's always a good thing or a bad thing. So no, uh, I like that. It doesn't have sense. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Lee, I want to get into this, this YouTube thing because it's, it's something that has intrigued me. If I wanted to jump into at one point or another and from me following you, it, it seemed like when I first watched, it was like a video would pop like every, every once in a long while. And then it seems like maybe the last, I don't know if it's been six months or a year, you've been quite dedicated to getting them out pretty, pretty regular. What, right. Just give me kind of a quick, your mindset on why you wanted it, why you wanted to increase putting more content out and then kind of what your big goal is. Like, why do you like to do it? Well, Right. And it was just, I'm not real big on a lot of other social medias. I do get on Instagram and I do more checking out other people's stuff than posting on my own. And I just, I don't know. I do have a passion for what, for, for beef cattle. And I guess my ultimate goal, like when I started making videos is like, I want, you know, my kind of idealistic view of, of how it would work is some kid in some urban area somewhere who's being told, you know, basically lies about beef or, or just meat consumption in general and how we raise it. And maybe, you know, they're hearing things at school or hearing from their friends, parents, they find what we do and see like, Hey, we're not, you know, abusing animals. I mean, we, we care about what we do. We're passionate about it. You know, I, I truly believe we have safest food in the world here in the U S and I believe in the way, way we do things and so that's kind of where it started and I didn't really know where it was going to go and the as far as putting out more content more videos and talking to a few people they're like if you ever want to get any traction you just got to keep putting out content yeah some people even said like, even if it's not a good video you just got to keep posting <laughs> yeah, yeah. out than nothing and I, I don't understand the algorithms I mean that's whatever I, I don't have any clue how all that works but you know, you get a couple of videos that they get some traction and then all of a sudden you get some more subscribers and then it's kind of snowballs from there. Cause that was the annoying thing at first. I would search for terms for my exact video and that wouldn't come up, but it's like, you never see videos that have 25 views. Like yeah. those don't pop up. You post the ones that already have thousands of views. And so it was frustrating kind of get to that point. And I guess we're a little over two years into doing it and, I don't know. We enjoy it. It, it doesn't take that long really to, sh- to film it. I mean, I'm just talking as I'm doing things. It's editing a video is where I kind of run out of time and that's mm. kind of, 
where I'm not sleeping as much as I should. I, I, I try to do most of that after we get the kids in bed at night and when I probably should be in bed <laughs> getting ready for the next day. I don't know, a couple nights a week, it's not too bad. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, that's, you know, with the podcast, I'm lucky because I have a 16-year-old son that edits my podcast <laughs> for me. I wouldn't, like, with all the stuff we got going on, I don't know if I would still have a podcast if he wasn't editing for me. So, I mean, I, and that's just audio, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't imagine having to go through the video stuff like you do. And so what people don't realize with that is it is so much work to like put, I mean, the, the actual doing it and like, you know, you're going around your place, talking about your cows, talking about your equipment and what that stuff's fun, you know, like us here, talking just talking cows that's a lot of fun right and it's, you know, that's not work you don't have to, but yeah. it's it's afterwards <laughs> when you got to put it right. all together and uh, you know you got to work on you got to work on the oh timing it to publish not so much the episode but the but the plugs on social media and whatever that's the stuff that takes so much like just effort and energy yep you know, yeah, it's all like this, the tiny little things that only take a few minutes, but they all add up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's it, it can get to be a little exhausting. Do you know what the thing that 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 I dread the most is, is writing the like episode descriptions of each of my podcasts. It literally takes me less than two minutes to do, but I dread <laughs> it for some reason. I don't know why, like it, because it just it's like, what do I even say about this? Like, I just want to get it out there. Let's go. I'll just write something, you know, like, but, but you also have to be careful of what you write because that affects, you know, you be, you, you popping up in searches and whatnot. So. Um, I, I always, I, I don't do a good job of making sure I snap a good picture for like a thumbnail, mm. but that, that can make or break a video. Stuff got matters. it really interesting. Yep. And yeah, it's, I'm like, man, this is a great video, but I don't have a good thumbnail picture. And yeah, you just, and, and I don't get super creative on those things like some people can do. And I just, I, I'm definitely at a point where I, and I could put a lot more effort into editing than I do. Mm -hmm. I use like sure. the simplest software, I think, known to man. But it's, in order for me to be able to put it out, I have to keep all that stuff pretty simple. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's kind of what we're, where we're at with it is if it's better to put something out than nothing. You know, yeah. it, it's better to it's better to put something out that's not perfect or there's flaws in it than to just not put it out at all. It, if you're going to have any sort of presence like we're talking about here, it, it you can't wait till it's perfect. Yeah. Right. And I think it's um, number one. I, I actually appreciate the content because it feels so real. Like, yeah, <clears throat> I. I, I do the Instagram stories, like the stories, because I don't have to worry about really editing or descriptions. I can just go about my day and I just try not to let my phone die and get not too long winded, which happens frequently. But your content is great because I'm like, this is this is not like a, a manicured deal. Like, I feel like some YouTube videos seem so like this is their sole occupation is content creation that everything is stair step for the day and yours is just like hey we're gonna go do this and then next thing it's like well hang on we're gonna have to go do something else right now because of this is going on and that is so real life that it's it makes me i'm like that's pretty much what i do on a daily 
So I just, I appreciate the content. Keep up the good work because I don't necessarily look at the stats and you, I don't know if you do or not, but I know for me, I enjoy seeing it because it, it just, I don't know. I think that is the content that ag people enjoy and non-ag people when they find it, 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 it can actually bring them closer to what a, what they probably perceive as what a family farm would look like. Right. And that's because we, we have grown a good bit just even since the first of this year. And I've, we're finally, of course I can look at the stats, but I don't really know who's watching, but now that I'm getting more comments and I've had several lately where it's somebody that, you know, they're a generation removed from mm -hmm. the farm and they say, well, you know, I put my grandparents and this is really cool. And I like, and so when you get comments and, and, or people that are asking questions and, and some of them, you know, kind of come at you and attack you. And then I, I'll talk back with them and then they end up saying, okay, you know, I, I may not agree with you, but appreciate you having that conversation. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that, that's, this. Uh, you know, if I can you know, maybe convert one or two people from being anti, you know, animal agriculture or, you know, allow somebody to reconnect with, you know, their roots in agriculture. Hey, that's, <laughs> That makes it a little, it's, it's rewarding enough to do it. Yeah. What are the, what like people clapping back at you? What are some of the examples of people kind of get on there? Oh, some like, cause I mean, we, at first I was really careful. Like I didn't want to show anything that would even be remotely controversial. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, we're going to, we're going to do this. And so we, we had probably our first video that really took off. We were dehorning and castrating calves. And of course mm -hmm. it, it didn't take long. Some folks they didn't like it. A lot of people didn't. You know, a lot of people said, "Oh man, that's you're doing nerve blocks to dehorn." I've never seen anybody do that. I'm like, well, it really doesn't cost much of anything for a little lidocaine and a few extra minutes. But that, and then we had another one recently where we had to we had a, a dystocia. It was actually a cow that had prolapsed, and then she ended up losing the calf. You know, late gestation, we had to pull a dead calf. There was a few people that were. I mean, they were just they were like anti-animal agriculture people that we shouldn't be breeding and having these animals anyway, you know, kind of thing. Was, oh my gosh. Yeah. But those are actually very few and far between. Yeah, really? And I'm, well, that's I good know, though. I'm, right. And I'm sure the, you know, the accounts that have, you know, 50 and a hundred thousand subscribers, you know, naturally they're going to get a lot more of that than I do, but I've had pretty decent conversations with a lot of those people, which YouTube too, if you get like a really nasty comment, I'll get an alert, you know, about the comment, but before I can even respond, YouTube's already zapped it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> they're, they're that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. I, my wife and I posted a picture of um, a friend of ours. She has some merch and we posted a picture of us and her fresh merch. And I don't know if it was when we hashtagged her, dude, it was like 72 hours, 96 hours of just pure hatred filling every post I'd ever posted on Instagram and Facebook ever. I mean, for the last two years, it was just every post I got a, a just a hate. And I was just like, I mean, mentally I was fried. I ended up calling a friend of mine, Ryan Goodman, who dealt with this kind of stuff for years. And I was like, Ryan, I need some help, bud. Like you need to do something. And he walked me through like how to let people in to help clear all that stuff out. But, oh my gosh, I, I don't know. I was, I'm just different. I don't feel like there's any value in spreading that kind of crap personally. Like, I'm not going to go to a vegan page and be like, you all need to eat meat because you're wasting away to death. You're killing all these plants. You know, like I, I don't have time for that stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know YouTube flagged that stuff so hard. That's, I mean, yeah, it, it, 
because a couple of times I've wanted to like try to be civil and engage them and it, it's just gone. You know, I've got the, the alert or whatever, but that's it. So, but I don't know. And, and at, at first you know, I was real careful. Like I was like, I don't know if I want to put my kids in a mm-hmm. video. I, I do. I mean, my kids, they're not in every one, but I mean, if, yeah. if they're with me and yep. you know, we're got to go and we're messing with cows, they're in the videos. So yeah, it's, it's a hard thing like to, you know, cause for me, home is sacred, right? And what we do is sacred. So it's hard sometimes to share that, which is sacred. You know what mm. I mean? But, but at the same time, folks, I think it's very important for to see that these are, we are real people. We are, you know, we have a family. We like the three of us here, we have jobs, but also do this. And, you know, our kids are involved in whatever it may be for mine. It's sports and we live a regular life and our lives are not all, I mean, bare bones, not all that different than, you know, somebody living in in a suburb somewhere. And I think that's really important for people, especially on YouTube to see, because I think YouTube is the place where you get probably, you probably get a lot more non-ag folks being on YouTube. Just that's what, that's the way I probably see it. And and I think it's really important to to kind of bridge the gap there. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing. You know, there's all kinds of people out there talking about being advocates for agriculture and that sort of thing. But I mean, the story's being told by somebody. And yeah. and so, mm-hmm. I mean, it, we can't just, you know, let other, especially those that may have, you know, a, a very biased agenda, try to tell our story. For Somebody's going to tell yeah. a story and it, it, and it, it needs to be the people who are actually doing the work because, you know, somebody's going to tell it. Like you said, somebody's going to come out there and they're going to they're going to put something out there. So it's important that we fill up as much content. And and the thing about it is there's no such thing as a meaningless account, no matter if it's got 50 or 550,000 followers. I mean, if somebody is connecting with you and you're making a difference and showing what's going on for just that one person. I think you are, you are doing what needs to be done. I mean, if you're changing it for one person, there's no telling what the snowball effect of them telling somebody else about, Oh no, this is what I know. Uh, when somebody starts spouting off false information, it's super, super important, no matter how big or quote unquote big your account may be. Oh, exactly. That's why I said, like, if, if there's that one teenager somewhere that stumbles across my channel that they say hey you know what i think it is okay to eat meat like it's not some evil you know process you know you know to for me to end up on my plate and so yeah and i hey it's still fun you know i i don't know i I may wake up tomorrow and say yeah i don't have time for it yeah (laughs) i I probably don't have time for it but (laughs) um uh, like i say my in which my wife, I'll get those looks from her. If I sit down on the computer for a minute and start editing a video and like kids are still awake and running around, I'm, I'm going to get a dirty look. Yeah. So I, I try to, it, it, it may again interfere with my sleep some nights, uh, you know, once or twice a week, but otherwise we're having fun doing it. And yeah, if, if we reach just a few people out there, it's worth it. So how does your wife 
play into all this, you know, we, all our wives have a role in what we do, obviously, you know, for, for mine and Carrie, she, she plays sometimes a role that may not be seen as a quote unquote active role, but she's, she's holding the house together while I'm out doing a million things. What's it look like for you, for you and your wife and your family? So very similar. She, of course, we have two kids. Like you, you mentioned sports. Kids heavily involved in sports. Both of them. We just we just got home from t-ball practice. Actually, <laughs> uh, thankfully, you being Sunday afternoon, we were all able to go. But um, you know, weeknight practices. She's the one there. You know, on Saturday mornings when we're not at a softball tournament. You know, I'm I'm getting up. I'm out of the house at daylight. You know, she's keeping kids entertained and fed and out of trouble, you know, <laughs> freedom to go and do, but she, she does play an active role. Like I, I was telling her today, I said, I need to, I really need to get up to the farm store today to grab a little mineral because we're, we're pretty much <laughs> out and I grab some uh, horse feed and a few other little things. And she's like, Oh, I can, I can, I can just run up there one day this week. Like, Perfect. She'll, she just actually took a new job where she's working all remotely now and so yeah she'll actually check cows for me some days especially weekdays where you know I, I try to get home for like an hour at lunch of course that does not happen every day right or I, or I may get home but i have just enough time to inhale a sandwich and don't really have time to look over things so even if something was wrong it's not like you'd have time to do anything about it right you know right. I mean, <laughs> yeah so I, there's plenty of times I'll tell her, Hey, if you don't mind jumping on the side by side and riding out through the cows and checking on things, just making sure they're all there at least. Right. <laughs> Nobody's treated and falling fence. They're all, you know, out on the County road or anything, which we, we would of course get a phone call about that pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. I got got on Friday. Good. My coworkers called me. I don't know what time it was. One o'clock in the afternoon calls me Tyler. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Your neighbor, Ron, called in the office. He said he couldn't find your cell number, but he knew you worked here, so he called in. I'm like, okay, what does Ron need? Well, he said all your cows are. And, like, right now, all of our cattle are at the ranch. Like, I mean, everything, cows, calves, wean calves, stalker cattle, feedlock, everything is in one spot. I'm like, I dropped everything. I got my Bluetooth in, and I'm, like, hauling out the door in my Crocs and my T-shirt. And I make it into my truck, get the truck on. And she goes, yeah, he kept saying it was so weird that they get out on April 1st. Didn't even phase me. <laughs> oh, I just kept going. Like, I'm just like, cows are out. We got to go, you know? And she's like, Tyler. I'm like, what? She's like, happy April Fool's Day. And I, I swore. Oh, man, I could hear all of the girls in the weird. office in the background laughing at me. And it took me a good 30 seconds to get over it. But Dad Gummin, I got, got good on that day. Oh yeah, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's not a, it's not a fooling around. Matter, no, you know? I don't I mean, think you so. You don't have the luxury of, of wondering if it's a joke. Well, or not. I mean, part of me was like, do I just go up there anyways? But it was so strange. I was like, well, I talked to Ron's wife the night before when I was leaving and <laughs> mm-hmm. Ron isn't even home from Florida yet. Like, I don't know why, like my brain, when I heard cows are out, everything went to the yeah. walls. Everything else. And, goes and I was gone. Yep. <laughs> Yep. I'm sure you guys are the same way. You've got that one neighbor or two that, you know, you're, you're friendly with them, but if they call, you know, and you see that name oh, yeah. or that text alert from them, 
your heart just drops. And then, of course, there may be something silly. That, oh, yeah. they, they didn't actually. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always a, an adrenaline surge. Yeah, it certainly was. 911 had just, if there were cows out in Crawford County when I was growing up, they called my house. They called my dad. <laughs> I mean, better chance than not, they were ours. I mean, my dad owned the sale barn and, you know, he had every farm around rented and it, more than likely they were ours anyway. And, but that still like continues to this day. I'll get a call from 911. Uh, cows are out somewhere. And if they're not mine, I'll get it. We'll, we'll get it figured out. Who's, <laughs> who's they are. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that. I, for about the last, well, you go back before the first of the year, my neighbor's cows kept getting out. And I, I'd get a call and, be, and I'd ask them to describe them. I was like, I'm like 99% sure they're the neighbors anyway. But uh, we, we were, we actually bought those cows. Uh, <laughs> so now, now, now if, if it's any cows anywhere around here, they will be mine because <laughs> there's just not that. Cow. Not many cows, so, right? Oh, yeah. We, we, were, we were excited to be able to pasture. And so we, uh, <laughs> so now it, it won't be any doubt that they are actually mine. <laughs> My, uh, I had a neighbor who he's, he's a, he's a limousine seed stock guy and, uh, he has a very interesting marketing script strategy. He seems to know when I need a bull, his, his, one of his bulls will magically get out <laughs> and get in with my cows. And, uh, it's, uh, well, you want to just buy him? I said, well, he's, he's here, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Well, actually about cows. We found out spring when calves started hitting the ground, we're bred by my neighbor's bull. <laughs> so, uh, You'll have that. that. Yep. Yeah, you will. I mean, <laughs> I, I was, I, yeah. My, my calf was earlier than I wanted it to, <laughs> but hey, we, we got calves on the ground. So, yeah, we put our first two on the ground today. So, our calving season technically oh. was due the 14th, was when they'd be due. And our first two of the year hit today. Twins, twins, Basil, twins. Uh, so we'll see if the mom takes both of them. So, yeah. yeah. Your kids are about such right age for a bucket calf. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I like the idea of a bucket calf, I don't like the idea of oh, the I economics of I'll the never, bucket calf. Nobody will ever accuse me of liking them. Um, I, 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 we had, they're the worst. We had <laughs> this group of feeder calves we bought about a month ago. We've been on a Purina feed trial with them. I kind of didn't want to do it, but I did it anyways because they kept talking about this rebate and I'm a data nerd. And so I get to get all this data and the data looks good from a performance standpoint. But then the feed rep came into my office on Thursday or Friday and I was like, hey, look at the economic data. And she's like, oh, wow, that doesn't look good. I go, no, it's $40 a head loss to feed your product. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, but what if one of them died? I go, you're right. If one of them died, it doesn't matter. My operation's so small, it would suck regardless. I go, but yeah. seriously, I could have not fed it and I would have made $50 more per head. Now, uh, again, that's only a $10 net margin, but it's also not a $40 loss. And she's like, oh, I'm like, even with your rebate, I'm still losing money if I don't hang on to these things for a long while. She's like, they don't really share that data with us. I go, I, I'm well aware of that. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. No, yeah. no kidding. They leave that part. They leave it like, <laughs> hey, bottle calves are so cute. Everybody should have one. 
everybody but me mm-hmm. would be great. None. Yeah. No. If you're if you're if you want something that is going to be a pain in the butt for the, for its entire life, that's going to you'll never recoup a profit on. I, bucket calf games for yep. you. Yeah, we have one other cow that's dropped calves two years in a row. She's one of our fall calving cows. And I told my wife, I go, I swear, if she puts twins on the ground again, like both calves and her are going on the trailer the very next gone. day. There, she's, yeah, gone. she's gone. I don't want nothing to do yeah. with her. Luckily, she her orphan calf last year, we had to pull a calf that was breech out of another cow. And we kind of pseudo grafted. I don't even, it's not like an old school graft out West that I've, I was used to where you skin them and laid the skin over top mm-hmm. of the new calf. Like I just basically turned the cow into the crowd and grabbed this orphan calf, which we named Norman. Like every orphan calf should be named Norman regardless mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. pulled Norman and put Norman to Karen, which was her name. And I said, good luck, Karen. And well, by golly, she's going to wean that calf in the next two weeks. So luckily that That's one great. worked out, but she's earned, she's earned her feed. Yeah, her and Karen both are on the chopping block, and now Frostbite decides to play this <laughs> twin game. I don't know what the deal is. Oh, we're real, we're real genuine in our names: Frostbite, Karen, <laughs> Norman. Well, Bobby Lee, like I said, my wife's given me an hour, so um, I want to make sure that I'm sure all of our wives will be appreciative that we get off here as soon as we can on a Sunday night. I appreciate you coming and joining Tyler and I tonight. Where can folks find you online? Uh, you know, we talked about your YouTube, a little bit about your Instagram. Where, where are, where are you at online? So both of those are just Hurricane Creek Farms. Simple as that. The uh, like I say we, we we put a little on Instagram, not a lot. I just I found I can't be both places and so we focus more on you got to focus but, on one yep. yeah see instagram's where i focus yep you know and with instagram it posts to facebook too you know and i found if you just focus if you just focus on one you know the reason i like instagram is because i like to write like i like and that's why i don't do as much on on youtube because i enjoy the writing and you know the explanation part of it more or so i mean that's kind of one of my strengths so that's why i'm there so but like you're you're 100 right bobby lee didn't mention he's got one other place you can hear bobby lee he's got a podcast oh. too. <laughs> you got a podcast yeah he does well, it, it, it's fairly new my, my cousin talked me into it after about six months of nagging me and, and he has another podcast that that he's been doing for a while but he wanted he farms and he wanted me to join him to bring more of the you know i guess ranch aspect of it and uh yeah talk dirt to me uh we drop like an episode it. every time uh, we, we we goof and talk about all sorts of stuff nothing sure. nothing too serious usually and i don't know we, we have fun with it it's actually been more fun than i thought it would be even though again it's it's about an hour hour and a half less sleep i get <laughs> it's it's yeah. actually it's really good i've i, I think if young folks would listen to it, I'm thinking like your USDA FSA loan program one, right? I'm an ag lender and I'm like, listen to that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like preach brother preach. Cause that's, it's a program that doesn't get utilized and every County is a little different. Um, some counties, they don't push yeah. it nearly as hard as others. And, but well, I, that's how I got started. I will, I'm going to throw this out there. When I saw Bobby Lee drop that he was having this podcast, I typed it into podcasts on, uh, 
on my Apple thing. I think I even screenshotted it and sent it to you. I said one letter changes the entire list. Oh, yeah. Don't add a yeah, Y there, there after dirt. It will not bring anything good into the feed at all. It's talk dirt. <laughs> no extras to me. There's <laughs> We definitely like search, you know, we're looking at like, yeah, like there are some weird stuff out there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, talk dirt. <laughs> That's great. Well, we'll we'll include all that in the show notes. We'll make sure and get the the the, the right link in there. <laughs> there you go. That would be a cruel April Fool's joke right there. That would be rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, Bobby Lee, thank you for the time tonight, buddy. I do appreciate yep. it. And keep up the good work on YouTube. I think, man, you're doing a great job. And hopefully you feel a little encouragement and just keep getting after it. Yeah, that, that's the plan anyways. Long, long as long as I can make time for it, we'll keep doing it. All right, brother. Well, guys, appreciate it tonight. Everybody have a, have a good one. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me again. Yep, sounds good. For many years, U.S. farmers in select markets have trusted SP1 as an integral part of their crop's fertility program. Today, as fertilizer prices soar and supply chain challenges loom, DPH Biologicals is expanding access to this trusted biofertilizer, helping growers circumvent supply challenges while improving crop yield and profitability. With TerraTrove SP1 Classic, the complete biofertilizer, you can replace up to 50% of your starter fertilizer. Visit dphbio.com. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week. <laughs>